1: welcome to the Musea podcast. This is episode number forty, and I am Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. Welcome to twenty thirteen. Thank you so much for all uh, your support and for listening uh, last year um, and all the podcasts we did. It was a, it was a great twenty twelve, and I'm excited about uh, all the interviews and everything we're going to be talking about um, this year in twenty thirteen. So to kick it off we've got a great one uh i got a chance to talk with cole and jacob from nordica photography um but before we dive into the podcast uh, a couple things i need to mention is uh obviously we have the musea gatherings coming up uh the next the closest one coming up is going to be in new york city it's at the end of february and i know a lot of people are now considering on you know if they're going to imaging usa or wppi or some of the bigger events like that so uh if you're not totally in love with those events and if you're looking for something that's a little deeper that's really more focused on the art and craft of photography um and has a little more serious discussions uh centered around it then please consider coming to uh the new york city gathering uh sam blake is going to be teaching she's flying in all the way from melbourne australia um spencer lum brooklyn native is going to be teaching doing some branding stuff and then uh legendary wedding photographer uh john dolan and holger Thoss. um a couple more Brooke, uh a couple more new york uh guys are going to be teaching uh and they've been doing it for uh couple decades now. So they're um definitely veterans and they've seen a lot of stuff come and go in this industry. So they're gonna provide us with a lot of wisdom and a perspective that a lot of people uh a lot of us don't have um that have only been doing it for um you know a short amount of time. So it's gonna be a great, great three day event. Um tickets are on sale, uh seven hundred fifty dollars if you use the Musea Store for your online proofing or use the Musea Archive to store your photos for online backup, uh, then tickets are only $500. So you can get those at museagathering.com. Also, it's that time of year that people are switching on and off uh, to different services uh, to change their workflow uh, for the upcoming year. And so if you're looking at uh, Musea Store for your online proofing, um, you can check us out at mymusea.com. Uh, it's designed really well. I don't think you're going to find another proofing system that's designed as well as ours. Uh, and not only that, it's simple and it's easy to use. So uh, if you're looking for great design and ease of use, then check us out. Um, plus, 2% of all the sales go to water.org. And so last year we had uh, donated enough money that 22 people uh, are going to receive Clean Water for Life. And so hopefully this year we can uh, triple or quadruple that number at the end of the year. So that would be ridiculous. Hopefully we can get uh, up to like 100 people this year. So um, if you have questions about that, uh, the Musea store, uh, you can just hit me up on Twitter or you can email me at michael at com. I'll I'll probably be doing some like Google Hangouts uh, throughout the kind of slow months here just to kind of answer people's questions and just to – you know, walk you through and show you part of the system if, if you need to see something. So that's it for all the announcements. Yeah, on to the, uh, the podcast with Cole and Jacob. Uh, awesome guys. They're teaching at the uh, Seattle Gathering actually coming up this July. Uh, but our conversation, we talk a lot about um, marketing. They give us some marketing advice. Um, they talk about how they've been able to build a business around international wedding photography and uh, they talk about um, the importance of story. Everything they do is about the story, story of the couple, and um, how that influences everything they do in their business. And they also get into what they're going to be teaching at the um, gathering up in Seattle uh, in July, like I said. So it's, uh, it's a great podcast. I'm very thankful that uh, I got to chat with them. So. As always, thank you so, so much for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoy this one as we kick off uh, the podcast for 2013. Thanks so much. jacob welcome to the podcast how are you guys doing doing
0: very well
2: doing very well hello michael
1: <laughs> so how am i supposed to know who is who here
2: well jacob is the one with the funner accent i think i have the boring Canadian yeah twang so i'm Cole. i'm jacob
0: or jacob whatever you want to say
1: <laughs> yeah i americanized your name is that okay
0: that's that's totally fine I'm, I'm i actually say jacob when i speak english it's just it's easier but cole calls me jacob so uh I'm fine with either.
1: Okay. Good. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, well, getting started, I
1: mean, the first thing I want to know about you guys is uh, for you to tell me how you both got started in photography, so just what both of your stories are individually and how you came together and all that.
0: All right. Uh, so, I'll start. Uh, I'm Jacob. You, can, you, can, you can't uh, hear the accent. Um, so, I'm the European part of, of Nordica. And, uh, I'm born and raised in Finland, live in Sweden for most of my, my adult life. And, uh, I didn't really do any photography at all until I, until I, I, grew up. Um, I didn't, I didn't do any, uh, growing up, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I was sort of, sort of into it without really even knowing it, I think. Uh, I did a lot of, uh, like, uh, a lot of design, Photoshop, uh, web design, coding and all that stuff. So I was sort of around arts, but I didn't really, I didn't do any photography. So I, uh, I went to business school after uh, when I was in my early twenties, and uh, which is where I met Cole, Cole later on. Still not doing any photography at all. And I went to business school for four years uh, in Sweden, uh, studying marketing and entrepreneurship, and um, didn't. I don't think I even owned a camera at the time, but uh, I. I, when I graduated a uh, business school, I moved down to Stockholm, where I uh, got a job in a marketing division, and they needed uh, they an in-house photographer because I guess it was too expensive for them to to buy photos all the time, so they needed someone to uh, to do photography for them in-house. So I uh, volunteered for that, since someone else wanted to, and uh, they gave me a Nikon D80, which uh, I was. I liked it from the start. I uh, I started doing photography for them, like, just, you know, corporate headshots and uh, follow, follow, like, writers along and do some uh, journalistic stuff. And uh, I don't know. I wasn't super good at the start, but I, I, I did get the, like, I, I liked the technical part of it. Like, the images were so sharp compared to what I was used to, and it was, like, fairly easy. So I um, I started doing more and more at home, too. And uh, I got to take some classes at work just like uh, basic learning to use the camera and learning to use Photoshop and all that. So uh, yeah, that's how, how I like got into it more and then I bought my own gear and started started uh photo blogging and uh and you know, the friend with the fancy fancy camera, I did some some friends weddings and just like basic stuff. I didn't didn't know that I was going to be a photographer at this point still but I enjoyed it and I did, I did that for a couple of years. And, uh, and sort of just grew and grew and grew. And I got bored at my job that I had then in Stockholm. It's like a good, good job, or a good marketing job, but it was, didn't, I didn't feel like I moved forward. So I got bored and, uh, me and Cole have been talking a little bit online. Cole lived in, uh, in Vancouver at this point, at this point. So we'd been talking about uh, starting something together and, uh, yeah, I quit my job and I bought a bunch of gear for like maybe five grand or so and a one-way ticket to, to Vancouver. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, that's how, how I moved to Vancouver to start up Nordica with coal. So that's pretty much, uh, pretty much how I got, in, how I got into photography. And then, um, after that, I've been living in Vancouver for three years until I recently moved back to Stockholm now, a few months ago. So, uh, yeah,
2: that's basically how I got into it.
1: Okay, cool. How about you?
2: Uh, well, I come like from quite a different background from Jakob, obviously. Um, I guess uh, photography for me started out a little bit when I was growing up. Uh, in my hometown, which is in a very, very small place called 100 Mile House in Western Canada, uh, my parents had a, they had a photo lab, so they were developing pictures, and my mom had a portrait studio. So from a young age... I started working in their lab, and, you know, I remember helping my mom by carrying the flashes and stuff to portrait sessions um, when I was young, but to be honest, I hated it. I, there's, like, no way you could have convinced me growing up that I would have done anything with photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I was still developing pictures and doing that sort of thing growing up. But throughout my teens, like, I moved around playing hockey quite a bit, and at that time growing up, all I really cared about was playing hockey and hunting and fishing and, you know, doing that sort of thing. Um, But in my early 20s, I started university. I started a business program in Vancouver. Um, When that ended, I ended up uh, applying for a master's program in Sweden, which is where I met Jakob. So Jakob and I did a one-year master's program together in marketing, which is, you know, where we met and hung out. And that was in 2006, 2007. Um, When photography started to become a little bit more than a hobby for me was in 2008. um, I moved back to Canada with Um, My then girlfriend, now wife, Therese. And uh, at that time, in 2008, it was a really, really bad time to be like overeducated and under. basically I couldn't find a job. So I was doing, you know, shitty waitering jobs and uh, just trying to make ends meet. And while I was doing that, I was doing a lot of photo blogging. Um, The photo blogging for me was was interesting for two reasons. One, I like the photography part of it, but I also really like web marketing and that sort of thing. So I was doing a few internships, um, with some marketing firms and things like that. And I was doing the photo blogging. So things just sort of like grew and grew. And as Jakob said, uh, we were talking quite a bit online. And, uh, in the end, it was fairly easy for Jakob to get a one, one year working visa. So he, uh, came over to work in Vancouver and November 2009 is when, uh, we started things off. So that's like a very abbreviated version, but you know, for me, photography was, was sort of always around, but I really didn't think it had a chance of being a, a career path or a career option. It was just something to, to pass the time and, uh, something I enjoyed doing.
0: It's pretty funny actually, like neither of us have any, or neither of us come from art backgrounds at all. So it's pretty funny that we, that we actually started doing photography individually and then we started in order to get together. Both of us are more from the, from the business side of things yeah which is
1: very interesting for me and that's one of the things i definitely wanted to talk to you guys about was cuz most people i talk to they don't come from the business side they always come from the art side first and they have to learn business stuff uh on their own you know after they start their business so i'm just curious like how much you know having the marketing background business background how much that has helped you grow your business at you know the fast pace that it has versus you know, if you didn't have that and you only had the art
2: knowledge. Well, I think, I think for us, like, I mean, there's two ways of saying you come from a business background and, and for us, I mean, we come from the educational side of things versus the, you know, the professional experience. So, you know, in business school, it's a pretty free flowing thing where there are no wrong answers. And so, so long as you're thinking critically, you know, that's all great and that's all good. So we, we had a business, like a, you know, a solid business education, but we didn't really have a whole lot of professional experience. And I actually think that worked a little bit to our advantage because we were pretty naive in the beginning. So, you know, there was no bad ideas, uh, in terms of how we would market ourselves or how we would, you know, say that we're here. Um, but uh, you know, at the same time, being a little bit naive and a little bit fearless, or whatever you want to say, kind of generate a lot of opportunities for us to to hone our craft uh, with the actual photography part of it. So I think what we did really well in the beginning was just sort of generate opportunities and get out there a ton with our cameras and and kind of go go go. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what a
0: lot of people don't really realize that you
2: have to. It's how important
0: to, how important it is for for uh, like. Finding new people to actually see your work—that's—we so uh, focused a lot on that from from the start. And it also helped that we had uh, like both of us had backgrounds within um, uh, web stuff, like WordPress. We knew WordPress, and we knew how to work SEO pretty well. Just to, uh,
2: so we could we could maximize the the stuff that we put out there, so people would find us. Essentially, we were better bloggers than we were photographers in the beginning. We knew how to get our website found and we basically, we knew the uh, the boring but necessary web marketing stuff that we knew would get traffic to our site. Um, and that helped in getting us, you know, small contracts and, and us kind of on, on, on the ground with the cameras. It's pretty it's pretty funny. Uh,
0: Cole mentioned we were kind of naive in the beginning and like, I think that's an understatement because we, we've been really... Like it's not like we didn't know at all what we were doing, but we were still pretty. We just uh, like figured we could start up a business with I don't know. We had a lens each, a body each, and uh, we went to a new city and didn't know anyone in the industry. So it's uh, it's pretty funny looking back at it. I think it it was good because it forced us to to like make it work, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Um,
1: What what is your biggest or what is the biggest marketing mistake you see other photographers making?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I I would say like, okay, if you have a budget, that doesn't mean you have to spend it. And I, I think that a lot of, a lot of photographers that I see, um, they'll talk about where's the best place to spend your money. And then some people will say, well, maybe it's an advertisement in a magazine or something like that. But just because you have a budget doesn't mean you need to spend it. So I think maybe the one mistake that I would say is not having a goal and not thinking, how do I get to that, that end goal? So I don't, I don't know. I think marketing starts with having a, a goal. And then after that, you need to have a strategy to get to that goal. So for us, I mean, we didn't have a budget. We didn't have a marketing budget. When we started out, we just basically came up with clever ideas on how we could uh, get to our goal for free, more or less. So I think the mistake I would say is just not having a goal to strive towards, and then you know, like that—that's hard to do. I think that's actually harder to do than than achieving the goal sometimes. And also, just like
0: putting in enough time, because there's you have all the tools right away. Like there's SEO is not hard, and just like you have everything you need, you just need to put in a lot of time and uh, to make it work. I think a lot of people underestimate how how much you actually have to do. But you don't have to spend a lot of money. You just have to spend your own time. Hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, t- piggyback, piggy, piggybacking off of that, I guess, would be... I mean, what has been, you know, the most successful thing for you? Like, if you, if you could give somebody one kind of general marketing tip, I mean, what is that? Is it just putting in more time, or is there some, something else that's really worked for you guys? Well, I think...
2: I mean, the whole thing now that I think everybody's kind of aware of with like social media and social networking is you need to be interesting, and whether you're an individual or you're two dudes working together, like you're you're a brand, and your brand needs to be interesting. So you basically need to be constantly content and and sharing that content. So I think like what we did well, and I, I think that one thing that like catapulted us a little bit is like, even if we had a little bit of content to work with, we found ways of sharing it in different places and, and it you know, making it look like we were an active business. So that sort of resulted in our brand being a little bit interesting to people. So at least in Vancouver, you know, in 2009, 2010, when Twitter, for example, was sort of new in Vancouver, like people sort of latched on to what we were doing a little bit because we were very active um, on that particular network. So, like, I would say we were we were interesting in the beginning. Um, even if we ourselves didn't find our, you know, us what we were doing interesting, because to us, we were just, you know, running around taking pictures and blogging and sharing it everywhere. But what we realized afterwards was, you know, from an outsider's perspective, what we were doing was interesting. So our brand sort of gained a little bit of momentum. I think that's what it really boils down to is, creating momentum for your brand online and keeping it going because, you know, as soon as you stop swimming, you're going to sink um, even if you're at the top of your game. So that's sort of been a motivator for us since day one. And that hasn't changed. And just using, using the
0: content. Like if you say you do a portrait session and you want to blog that or you want to use it, just make sure you, you actually like do the SEO right to share it. And you've like, I don't know, you can, you can use the content in a lot of different ways. To get it out there.
1: Yeah, those are yeah. That's um, a lot of good stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that I've kind of found true with whether I, you know, was kind of really pushing my photography business, or even just with musea. A lot of that stuff crosses over, uh, philosophy wise. So I can definitely verify that all that uh, works well. Um, one of the things, obviously, looking at your your work, um, is you've built, you know, this photography business around shooting at like a lot of these it seems like exotic locations a lot of traveling and things like that um and so a lot of i know a lot of photographers want to do that type of work so how have you managed to do that uh so successfully in only you know about a three four-year window
2: well i I think from day one like when we moved to vancouver we never really looked at vancouver as our marketplace like you know as as a new business the logical Things to do in your city are to go, you know, glad hand all the different vendors in the industry and, you know, network like crazy. But we never did that. I mean, we lived in Vancouver, but Vancouver was never our target market. Uh, so from day one, we were clever Googlers, I guess you could, you could say for a lack of a better term. So with that said, we sort of knew the market that we wanted to hit and we knew how we were going to get them to find us online. Um, And with that said, I mean, you still need to get do a couple international weddings. So, you know, we did weddings in Iceland and a couple in Sweden and different places, and those were like the tools that we needed to present our brand in a way that whoever would find our website for the first time would realize, okay, these guys do international weddings. So, I would say in the first couple of years, like we didn't do a ton of international weddings, but we did enough. That we could present those weddings in in a in a way that it was very clear that this is what we want to sell. So like when we redid our website this year, uh, one of the most important things for us was to to look international and look like you know a a photography business that could be trusted with international destination weddings. So I I think that we we got a lot of legs out of a little bit of content. um, You know, to put a to sum it up. From, from day one,
0: we, we also, uh, we networked with people from pretty much all over the world. Uh, not, 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 not like not talking to people in Vancouver, but still about, uh, making sure we were talking to people from pretty much anywhere just to, to get contacts and to, uh, yeah, to, we've been second shooting with some other people in, in different places in the world too. And, uh, but I think it's a, it's a lot of, it's got a lot to do with, uh, just keeping it interesting to ourselves too. Like I, Speak for myself, but I'm sure it's the same for Cole. Like it'd be, uh, every story is different and all that, but I'd still be pretty bored if I had to shoot every wedding at the same three locations or whatever for the rest of my life. Like from day one, we started, we had a goal to, to, to go all, all over the world and tell stories from all over the world. And, uh, yeah, just keeping it interesting and seeing new places and shooting at new venues. It's really, it's a
2: big motivator for us. Yeah and and for me I remember like I remember when I first started learning more about wedding photography and what you can do with it like the the guys and girls and businesses that that really impressed me the most weren't necessarily the ones with the best photography it was the the people who got themselves into amazing places those are the people who I was really uh in awe of in the beginning so if, if someone w- was able to book a wedding and in, I don't know, South Africa or Iceland or Ireland or the Great Wall of China or something. I mean, the, I think the story for those photographers behind, like, how did you get there? That to me was the most interesting part about the business in the beginning. It wasn't necessarily, oh, wow, these photographers are incredible. I think it's,
0: um, like, there's
2: a lot of good photographers out there,
0: and I don't think we're necessarily better than anyone else, even though we've been shooting quite a lot Internationally and and uh, in different continents, but I think it's a lot about about creating trade opportunities for yourself and making the making making the most happen out of out of the stuff you get. Um, okay, so
1: do you uh, <laughs> do you even shoot like any more weddings that are just like you know in Vancouver or just anywhere that's like are still you know in the these boring, very traditional, standard type of locations or do you just like not show those anymore on your website?
2: Well, I mean, I, I guess the, uh, the old adage is show what you want to sell. So I think that that's gone, gone fairly well for us. I mean, if we're looking ahead to what we're going to be doing this year, I mean, without sounding, I don't know, offside, like I'm stoked about every single wedding, um, because the locations are you know, locations we really want to be shooting at. I mean the ceremony locations are outside, you know, like they're in nice parts of the world and things like that. So so I guess to answer your question, I mean the three years of, of work to build towards presenting a brand that does certain types of weddings seems to have attracted the right people to our website and people who are booking us. So I'm pretty stoked about twenty thirteen. I mean at the end of this year I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see how things kind of end up that's the one thing we've uh we've learned along the way that works for us
0: anyway that to, to actually be really really strict and hard about what you what we put out there on the on our website just to to both to make sure we we find or the right people find us or are attracted by our work and uh, yeah as Cole said it's uh, it's working really well and we do shoot a lot of or still shoot a lot of local weddings it's not like we do like we travel to China for every wedding mm. but yeah, there's going to be quite a few,
2: quite a few international weddings this year too. But this, like this business, in my opinion, it's all about building momentum for your brand. And I mean, that can go in a negative way or a positive way. I mean, it can go in any way that you want. For us, we just wanted our momentum to build towards doing certain types of weddings. A lot of them were international. A lot of them were, uh, you know, ceremony locations that were kind of cool or outdoor receptions or things like that. So, as Jakob said, it was about being strict in the beginning, and after a few years, things seem, seem to have you know sort of paid off for us strict, strict as in like
0: like super like making sure every single picture that you put on put on the blog actually is good enough and actually takes the story forward and presents the style, kind of style that you want to be showing off it's been uh, It's been really important for us
1: yeah, my initial thought would be you know because you're talking about making content and using content, obviously, and make, you know, to start momentum and for people to find all that content and share it and whatever. Um, but it seems like if your goal is to do like these exotic international type weddings, it's like, where do you start to get stuff like that? Is like, do you just have to like fly somewhere and then just shoot like a, a stage, something or other to get that type of content? Cause you can't, or do you just stay if you're because I know like in the Pacific Northwest, there's obviously a lot of great scenery and stuff. So did you just travel around there or travel around Sweden and shoot some stuff to create, generate that kind of content? So because it feels like it would be very, you know, restrictive based on where you live in the world if you wanted to do, build that type of business. Like for to be honest, like we have a
2: lot. of uh, We well, like it's easy for us to sit back and say, well, we created all of our luck. But we we sort of just had a lot of things happen. Like in our first year, we did wedding we did a wedding in in Mexico, and then we did a wedding in Sweden. And then, you know, our first year where we should have you know sort of struggled to get any weddings, these opportunities just sort of popped up um, to do these destination weddings. And you know, it was basically Friend. friends and friends kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. And then these things sort of just fell on our lap a little bit, and then. With those weddings, I mean that's when we had the tools we needed to to hit the SEO uh, keyword targets that we wanted and do things like that. So, I mean, I wish I could say there's a magic formula, and it's this when you're starting out to get international weddings. But I mean, it's it's a bit of luck. But at the same time, I mean, the internet's just this big wild west, and you can create your own luck um, in clever ways. So. I mean, for us, we were just in a unique situation where the weddings were sort of just popping up in 2010, and then uh the momentum just built from there. Um, but with that said, I mean, there's a lot of great local weddings that we did in Vancouver too, and, and Jakob's based out of Sweden now, so I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of great local weddings here as well, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. Our story and our background is a little bit, a little bit luck, a little bit strategy, but, uh, I don't think that there's a secret formula that everybody could, uh, could adhere to and it will work for them. But there's a, there's a bunch of things you can do. Like if we start out now, uh, networking
0: with people around the world and, uh, photographers, person around the world, exactly. And just like go second shoot for them for free or, uh, or whatever and, um, or go travel somewhere and set up, uh, Free shoot and use that content from, from whatever country you go to, to uh, build up your SEO and, and uh, make people find you.
1: I'm just trying to think, like, as I've kind of went through your guys' website and looking at uh, what you guys do, I mean, the, I'm, I'm really interested in some of the, just how you work on a basic level. So like, especially if you're, just because I haven't talked to anybody that has, runs a business the way you guys are running it. And so my first obvious question, you know, my first thought is like, well, if he's in Sweden and he's in Vancouver, do you shoot all your weddings together? Or do you sometimes do you just, you shoot them separately if they're like a local to your market, you know? Um,
2: That kind of thing. That, that part of the business has obviously changed quite a bit since we started. Like in 2010, we pretty much did every wedding together. We probably did, I don't know, 95% of the weddings together in the beginning. And, And we were really we were really, you know, hitting on that hard when we were marketing our business in Vancouver and elsewhere. Like we're two guys, we do every wedding together. And in the beginning we we really promoted that. Um, but as you know, from then to now, we've done more and more weddings um individually, uh, to the point where now how we're approaching it is Jakob being based in Stockholm, I'm based in Vancouver. And you know, our in our collections we're promoting one photographer more. I mean, it's just a natural progression for us to do weddings on our own. And even last year we did quite a few on our own, probably 50% on our own. So as things evolve, uh, on that front, I mean, we're just going to do more on our own. Um, with that said, you know, our backend sort of has stayed the same. Like we, we divide up the tasks, um, you know, Jakob does certain things, I do certain things. And then since day one, we've sort of, you know, had, uh, unwritten rules about who does what. So from the back end, we've always been pretty efficient that way.
0: When we, when we first started out, it was, we both came from like not having too much experience. So it was really good to shoot together and, uh, like it made us more comfortable with shooting weddings, which could be kind of, kind of scary if you're not, uh, if you don't have the experience. So, like, the first year was really good to to learn and to shoot together.
2: Basically, in the first year, we we banged the drum as hard as we could about what our strengths were. And in the first year was we're two guys. I mean, we we sort of banged, you know, hit that point home harder than the fact that we really had no experience. So, I don't know. We were we were overconfident and under-experienced in the beginning, but I mean that was then. This is now. Now we're in a position where you know we've done over 100 weddings together, and and we just, just came to a point where we like we felt that we could do it
0: separately just as well, pretty much. Unless it's uh, like we still offer the the chance for for opportunity for couples to uh, to book us both because so like if if they have a, a big wedding or if they if they need to fly first for for some reason. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna shoot quite a
1: lot more separately now. Then one of my other questions I was thinking about just looking at your work obviously would be, well typically if I would, if there's a studio that has two photographers, maybe one photographer has certain strengths or a vision, they see photographically a certain way and then maybe the other photographer sees life and photographs in a completely opposite way. Uh, But do you guys, it seems like your work's, I don't know, I can't tell because you don't label it, I guess. Like who's whose who, <laughs> who's whose who's work, I guess. So, do you have a very similar vision of the world? I mean, because I don't feel like there's these two separate bodies of work that you've combined. If that makes sense. Well, I,
2: I, let's put it put it this way: if we if we shoot a wedding together and we put all our images together um, in one big pile and then go through it, I, I mean, I would probably have a tougher time distinguishing who shot what. Um, for the majority of the images. Um, but with that said, I mean, we're different dudes. We have a slightly different vision, but the end goal for us is still the same with Nordica with every wedding. And, and that's collecting, collecting all the ingredients of the day to compile a story. So, I mean, we've always been on the same page with that, but of course we have a little bit different vision. I mean, we're not that interchangeable that we shoot exactly the same way. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we,
0: so we didn't have much experience when we first started. So we sort of drew together. We, we like, we did the same mistakes in the beginning. We, did, we just yeah, grew within photography the same, yeah, together. So like,
2: it's sort of natural that we have shoot. We're shooting kind of the same way. Yeah, like, but like, just if you could just envision, like, take two dudes and for two years have them shoot every single wedding together. I mean, it's pretty. It seems logical that we're gonna shoot pretty similar and on the day of the wedding I would say that we're pretty similar as well in the way that we conduct ourselves like we're pretty quiet um we don't really talk to, you know we're not ignorant about it but we don't really talk to anybody during the wedding day for the most part so I'd say the way we conduct ourselves is pretty similar on the wedding day and, but you know the vision and the goal is probably very very similar yeah we don't do any don't do any directing
0: or any like telling people what to do it's it's their wedding and we're just we just start to document it.
1: So, if you, uh, I guess, what are your strengths in terms of individually? So, like, like Cole, what do you feel you're strongest at? Jacob, what do you feel you're best at? Just even though they, they might be subtle, but what what are those? You have to talk about yourselves when you Or you can talk about each other. Like, op, you know, you think his is this or his is that, whatever. I think
0: Cole's. Uh, he's really good. He's really good with. um Handling people, which is a big part of, of being a wedding photographer, like being around people and making, making them feel comfortable. So it's, uh, like, especially when we're shooting together, it's, it's easier for me to just like stay back and, and, uh, like think about the next thing or whatever. Cause it's he's really good at making everyone, everyone feel, feel at ease.
2: And he's a decent photographer too, which helps. And, uh, <laughs> I'm speaking about Jakob here, but, uh, Jakob's got, Jakob's got a really great vision. I'll give him that. Like, I mean, if you put 10 photographers in a room, including Jakob, uh, for, you know, 20 minutes, he'd come out with a, with an image that looked different. He, he you know, he's got a, a unique way of seeing things and, um also with portraits on a wedding day he's very good at setting up shots. Uh, you know, I think that's one thing that we've, we've done a lot of together, but Jakob's always been, you know, one step ahead with setting up portraits. He's very good at that. I'll take it. Sure. (laughs)
1: Um, obviously like on your website, you make it a, a very big point of everything's about kind of the story for you guys telling somebody's wedding story and the story of the day. Um, can you explain what that means and why you push so hard for that and communicating that with your brand?
0: Yeah, we um, like we always do full day weddings. We we never do six hours or eight hours or or anything. It could be anything between. I don't know. I think we've done eight hours to up to twenty hours or so. And like we just want to be there from the start and and uh, and tell the story of the day. It's like yeah, we're we're not too fascinated by single pictures like we're of course we're trying to take every picture take good pictures but it's the more the the final like when we put the pictures together afterwards and uh get the story out of those or or piece the, the puzzle together to to make
2: it a story that's uh, that's fashion that's what fascinates us more and i think i think when a wedding's done like what kind of gets me excited if you want to you want to say that is like when we're putting together a slideshow or an album or a blog post. And when you look at everything compiled, like when everything's compiled together and we've curated a story and you can look at it from start to finish and there's like a clear line. I mean, to me, that's the challenge of a wedding day. It's like Jakob said, you know, a single picture is awesome. And, you know, if you're a wedding photographer, maybe you want to win awards with that single killer image. But I mean, for us, it's more about, okay, how can we like put the pieces of the puzzle together um so in the end you know you have a really well told story because you know if if we're thinking about the couples the bride and groom sitting together i mean i would rather them go through an album together rather than and you know and be really stoked about the album rather than having one picture on their wall so i mean if you're thinking from the couple's perspective what do you want them to be have a greater sense of satisfaction with one killer picture or an album that looks unreal we're so just thinking of ourselves too. Like I'm
0: not married, but uh, whenever I will be, I, I want to like remember the whole day, like or yeah, the, how, how you're feeling in the morning and how you're feeling afterwards and all that. Not just not just uh, limited to a certain amount of hours. Which is
1: interesting. I mean, for me, um, that's one of the things I feel like that it's unique about your your work and your uh, brand and your uh, point of view. Because uh, I've I've also talk to photographers that um they've built a successful wedding business around the idea of like they only really try to they try to make you know maybe 20 really crazy killer images um and so for them like they build this business around the idea of like less is more you know um but for you and that's just something they believe in and it works for them uh but for you you, you've kind of taken the opposite approach and and it's really worked for you guys so it I don't feel like there's maybe like one right or wrong, but you have to have a conviction about what you believe is right for you and to really push that.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I think that's actually just to spin off that. Like the reason why I like weddings is like weddings is a medium for, you know, approaching the style of photography that I like. I like documentary style photography and a wedding is a great opportunity to do that style of photography. Um, You know, that's why throughout the entire day, you know, I'm not really thinking, okay, I need to get one killer picture from the preps and one killer picture from the portraits or whatever. You know, it's a, com- a compilation really.
1: So kind of a logistic question is I'm curious like how you guys work together on a wedding day. Like does one of you control a certain aspect of it? <coughs> does one of you t- take other parts? Like how does that work? We don't really have a formula for what we do. The only thing that we always do when we're
0: shooting together, just because we started from, started like that from the beginning is that I go with, uh, with the girls in the morning and call goes with the guys. And then, uh, we join up for the ceremony. But, uh, like every, every time is different. It's not like we have, we're not the first shooter and second shooter or anything. It's, uh, we're just there and, uh, four eyes see more than two usually.
2: So that helps. No, I, I would, I don't know how like, you know, other two photographer teams work at all, but I, I kind of laugh at how Jakob and I do it because we really don't have a strict plan at all. I mean, we show up, you know, all right, see you later. Have fun with the girls, Jakob. <laughs> you know, and then we just like basically we just wing it. Um, it's controlled. I mean, we don't want to sound like we're nonchalant about it, but really we don't have a strict plan or. We don't. We never dictate to one another. Like you got to do this, man. You got to do this. Like we're we're not like that at all. We're uh, pretty free flowing about everything.
0: Well, that's because we. That's because we. we uh, like we shot our, all our weddings together too like in the beginning. Like we. We. I know Cole's going to be. Doing, he knows, what I'm. I'll be doing pretty much. So we don't really need any any rules to make it work.
1: Describe your, I guess, your client interaction during a photo shoot, which you touched on briefly, but. Um... You know, how much do you talk to them, uh, you know, even during like the portrait part of it, of like the bride and groom portraits and stuff? I mean, how do you, how much do you interact with them? Uh, how little do you interact with them to get them, you know, doing what you want to do? Um, or do you just, are just constantly just finding something and not really directing them at all?
2: Well, well I guess the boring answer is everybody's different. So I, I would say like, what we normally do on a wedding day is, you know, we'll have locations that we think are good for this, for where we want to do the portraits. But when we arrive, we more or less want to see what happens with the couple. I mean, you never know if they might, they might just be moving in a certain way and just conducting themselves in a way you don't have to tell them to, to do anything. So I would say we're kind of a wait and see um, type of type of approach. We, we might nudge a couple in a in a certain direction and see what happens. But I mean, we're definitely not put your hand here, put your elbow in, stick your wrist out. Like we don't direct at all. Like like in terms of doing that, that specific of of motion and you know things like that.
0: Basically, we don't want to we don't want to push people into to like being something that they're not in their wedding photos. Like if they're the happy giggly couple, then that's what their photos will look like. And if they're the Kind of people, then uh, you'll get serious pictures. Like we'll, we we don't wanna, we don't wanna um, like, we don't want us to be too much
2: in the pictures. We want the pictures to be to be them. I would say what we what we do in a nutshell is we set the scene in terms of where we think the pictures will be good. We kind of you know gently nudge the couple into a spot in the scene that we think will look good, and then whatever happens happens we've done portrait sessions where I don't stop talking and we've done portrait sessions where it's just like total silence, but it works. So, I mean, totally depends on the situation.
0: It's a lot of, uh, um, cardio uh, decisive moments or whatever it's called. Uh, just like waiting, setting the scene as Cole said, and then waiting, waiting, waiting to, to get that, that one picture where, where everything clicks.
1: So the other question I thought of is cause you do like unlimited time, which is. It's somewhat, un, somewhat unique. Some, some people do that, but some, a lot of people don't as well. Um, but you said, like, it says on your site that your average wedding is like 15 hours or something. So how do you keep your energy level up without, you know, kind of mentally getting drained where you're exhausting yourself? Or is that because there's two of you, that helps. You can kind of, you know, when one, somebody needs to take a break, somebody else can step in for a little bit or whatever.
2: Power oh, yeah. bars, man. That's, that's where it's at. <laughs> I think Jakob deals with a lot of my shit behind the scenes and I admire him for that because I get, I get to my point where I haven't eaten all day and I just forget about it. And you know, when we're alone, I'm just like hangry, but (laughs) no, as Jakob said, I mean, we just, you know, we graze throughout the day and just keep going. We're young bucks right now. I'm sure in a few years we're going to look back and be like, what the hell were we thinking? that's a great way to upsell and make more money. If you, uh, if you divvy up your packages based on hours, but, but uh, I mean, what we're, what we're selling is the entire story. And uh, I mean, the day that we're not prepared to be totally focused throughout the entire day, you know, whether it's six hours or 24 hours, you know, it's time to change things up a bit. So also we have an urge to to like become better
0: all the time and uh, like to make every wedding improve or improve, improve from, for every wedding make every wedding, every wedding better than the last one. Which means like we we need to be focused throughout the day and we we wanna get like killer pictures from the portraits and killer pictures from the reception and killer pictures from the dancing. If that means to have to be there at one AM then that's just how it how it is. Uh
1: yeah, in regards to pricing, like I saw on one of your blog posts, um you shot a photographer in Vancouver and she got married down to Dominican Republic or whatever, but she said she wouldn't refer any weddings to you because you guys were too cheap at one point or something. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was
2: in our first year. Uh, I remember that very well. It was Catanova, who's a photographer. And um, what, what we were talking about with being too cheap in the beginning was she put on Twitter, is anyone available on this date? So we sent her a direct message. She asked our price, we told her our price. She said you're too cheap, it'll hurt my brand. So I mean that was like one of the first eye-opening lessons for us in the very beginning. But now I mean, I guess we're we're at a price point now where we're a little bit, you know, above the medium, I guess you could say, into the expensive area. But but I, what I was gonna say is I think pricing breaks down to two categories. What we do, where it's like straightforward, super basic you pay this amount, you're getting this, there's very little upsell. Um, the other pricing option that most people do is, you know, breaking it down in the packages for hourly rates or a certain amount of high-resolution images and prints and things like that. So, I mean, for us, we have a very simple approach. It's unlimited hours. Uh, we're Now we're trying to promote everybody getting an album, um, things like that. But really, we don't have any, um, any upselling or anything, you know, any hidden costs, really. Uh, it's it's hard to to have like
0: one one good answer for that because you can do it in a lot of different ways but uh like we started off since we didn't have any much experience at all we had to start fairly cheap and uh we just gradually raised our prices as uh the interest
2: grew and uh it's just a uh, Yeah, but but in the beginning, I wish if if we were to speak to us from a few years ago, I would say do never start cheap. That was like a mistake we made in the beginning. I think a lot too cheap anyway. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of photographers when they start out think, well, if I'm cheap, logically I'll get a higher volume bookings. But that's like the worst advice ever. You just all you do is you you put yourself in a pool of other cheap mediocre photographers, and I think that people you know if you're starting out never go cheap
0: I'd rather uh, just do do stuff for free just to get the experience and sort of build up portfolio with something and then have a, a fairly like a, a decently high starting price it's hard to get out of the of the low low budget uh, sector i sure you're in there
1: yeah what's your Craziest wedding story? Since it seems like you get to go to a lot of more on, on more adventures than the average
0: photographer. Craziest? Uh, we've been pretty lucky. I like we don't have any too too juicy stories to to share. We've been pretty lucky with couples, but uh, we did uh, like we've done a lot of uh, of interesting locations for sure. Like I shot a wedding or a, a wedding shoot anyway in Kenya with a, a, like on a safari kind of thing which was among lions and uh, like you had to scout the area for like 20 minutes before just to make sure there are no lions lying
2: around in the grass and like jumping off. So that was kind of tricky to to work with. I think uh, what came to mind for me was, it might not have been that crazy, but in our first year, I remember we did one wedding that was basically our, our big break. I guess you could say it was, it was a wedding in a town called Cache Creek and it was in the fall of 2010 and, uh, I got a phone call from a guy and he had a real slow voice. And, um, basically he was the father of the bride and it was, you know, a couple of weeks before the wedding and the father of the bride g- gave, gave me a million questions. And at the end of the conversation, he said, are you two boys gay? And I was like, no, <laughs> and he goes, maybe, but anyway, I'll book you the wedding and, and we booked it for, I think it was a thousand dollars and, uh. I mean, that's not a lot of money, but at the time we were just like, we'll book anything. So we knew nothing about, um, what to expect. We didn't even know the, the couple's name. We only knew that the, the father didn't like gay people and we were, and we were to show up to an address. But when we showed up uh, to the wedding, it was unbelievable. Um, I went with the guys in the morning and, and the guys were from Saskatchewan and they were, riding around on their motorbikes like absolute lunatics and like full-on you know red bull motocross no helmets just going totally nuts and and the wedding was unbelievable i mean it was it was the best wedding we did that year and that wedding really you know we garnered a lot of momentum from that wedding the details were fantastic the light was perfect everything about it was great but it all sort of started with a a dad who uh had a lot of opinions and luckily he, you know, was on board with what we were doing. So I think that's the one thing we've done pretty, pretty well for if if
0: talk ourselves up here, but uh like uh, we don't do many discounts, but we, when we've like in the past, when we've uh, like seen an opportunity that we think would be like, this is going to be a wedding. That's going to, I don't know, book us 10, 20 more weddings. And, like make sure we do everything we can to, we can to, to make that happen even if they
2: wouldn't have like to, the full full budget that we're asking for. Like that slow talking fella who paid $1,000, for example. I mean, from that wedding alone directly, we, we know for sure we booked like at least a dozen more weddings that are along the same vein. Um, in 2012, one of my favorite weddings was a, a Western wedding on a ranch. And I mean, we blogged that one recently and that one was directly from the crazy motorbikers. So, I mean, like, yeah, if we see an opportunity, I mean, we're not, we are not—we don't let opportunities that we think are going to, you know, generate more weddings that we want slip away very easily.
1: Yeah, because I know a lot of photographers struggle with how to handle an inquiry where, you know, they, they'll they get contacted by a bride or something. And they'll be like, oh, I have this wedding and it's going to be this real exotic location, blah, 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 blah. It'd be great for your portfolio. And so they they use it as a bargaining chip and they want to pay you less because they know that like their wedding is going to be great. And so, you know, photographers are like, well, should I take it at a low rate just because it will be good for my portfolio? Or should I stay strict to my pricing? You know?
2: (laughs) Well, if if somebody came to us and was trying that angle, it probably wouldn't be a couple we'd want to work with necessarily. Mm. Um, But with that said, I mean, we've got a pretty, we've got a pretty streamlined workflow in terms of how we deal with inquiries. And, and I mean, on our website, we don't have our prices. And the reason why is we like, we want to get an email from a couple, um, who, who wants to inquire about our services so that we can send them our questionnaire. And our questionnaire really, it it goes down to checklists of everything we feel we need to know about a wedding to make a decision. Um, and then from there, we, I mean, we always want to book for our full rates. I mean, every photographer does. Um, so that's like one, but with that said, if they come back to us and say, well, we're off by 500 bucks or whatever, and the wedding is totally incredible. I mean, we're open to discussion like that, but I would say having those questionnaires has been one of the best moves we've done and also taking our prices off of our site. I think it's pretty easy
0: to see, to see through it. Like whether if this couple is, it's a couple that, like genuinely wants us, and uh, just don't have the budget, or if it's someone who's, who's just price shopping. So, like, just by reading the emails, it's pretty easy to see usually.
1: Well, you guys are teaching at the gathering up in Seattle in July, and I'm real pumped to have you guys there. And so, I would love to know a little bit more, uh, I guess,
0: about what you're going to be teaching uh, at the gathering. Well, we're going to be it's going like we're uh, we're from a different uh, from a different. Uh, background than most other photographers so it's going to be a lot of a lot of like thinking strategically uh with with the stuff you you get like both both for uh seo wise and uh blogging wise and business wise it's going to be like there will be photography as well but it's uh, it's a lot of uh, of the business side of things
2: i think that i think we've sort of spoken about it a little bit during this conversation but like uh, our biggest I don't know. Our biggest positive in my own self-evaluation is our ability since day one to create opportunities and think strategically. So if anybody was coming to Seattle, I think what they could expect from us is to have their brains filled up with ideas of how you can streamline everything you do and run an efficient business so that you can have more time to create opportunities for yourself. So like Jakob said, we'll probably talk a little bit about photography, but I would say that the bulk of what we're going to speak about is how you can leverage your brand.
1: Which, that'll be a good balance. I mean, because I know, you know, with Kirk and, and Ryan Muirhead, you know, Ryan will be definitely more probably the art side of things. Um, you know, and you guys, Kirk will probably be kind of both uh, between art and business. Um, he's good at both. Uh, and then if you guys are leaning a little more heavy on the business than, than the art, then that'll be a good a good mix. And so I think the, uh, the trio of youth, you know, three studios doing that uh, is going to make for a great event up there in Seattle so hopefully uh, everybody can make it um, up there. so I'm re- pumped about you guys doing that. um One last thing I would like to talk to you guys about uh, is your document you sessions uh, which you know are different than like quote unquote the engagement session idea. So talk about what that is for you and how, how that works.
2: Well, I guess I, I remember exactly the moment when we coined that term. It was after a session we did in uh in a place called Cash Creek on a on a horse ranch and we were driving home and we were just sort of talking about what we had done, you know, the couple of years prior. So basically in 2010 and 2011, we did about I don't know, 200 or 250 of these engagement sessions where you know, you'd meet the couple and you'd walk around the park and it would be this big kumbaya of happiness. And yeah. after we did this session on the horse ranch, we were like, well, that was real. Like, that—that yeah. that is how that couple lives their lives. And and that was like, you know, a two-hour documentation of, of what they do. There was no bullshit involved and there was no hand-holding in the pretty park. So basically... The document use are just boiled down to doing things with couples that they actually do because there are enough photographers out there who do engagement sessions for couples who, you know, just want pretty pictures and that's okay. But for us, I mean, we want to do something a little bit more and and boil boil it down to documenting something that couples actually do. So I mean that was a horse ranch example. Sometimes couples own a sailboat and they want to go sailing around for an afternoon, like rock and roll, like that's what couples do. That's that's what we want to photograph. It's also about keeping it interesting to
0: us. Like we, without sounding negative, we did get bored to death with the engagement sessions, and we just wanted to we wanted to do something that's that's like like something that we're we're good at too—the storytelling part of things. So it's all, it's so uh, we feel that we're, uh, that's where our strength lies too, rather than than uh, taking one good picture,
2: and, and, and like we're not bashing on engagement sessions not at all because. Like we did lots of them, lots of photographers do them and lots of couples want them and that's totally fine. Um But, but you know, with that said, there are those photographers who just love to meet up at the most popular picture location in a city and take nice pictures and, you know, rock on you guys go and do that. But we would rather go hike a mountain with a couple because the couple hikes or, you know, go fishing with them because that's what they do. So I guess basically we just want to get to know couples a little bit more and, and Do pictures with them that have have a real purpose behind them rather than just a pretty picture It
0: doesn't have to be much like they if they if they don't ride horses or uh, climb mountains or whatever it doesn't have to be anything big it just, just be like them going to their favorite coffee shop or walking along the the river that they always do or, or something just something that's them that's real
1: no that's great I mean it sounds like and you that naturally breeds into the type of clients that you get because it seems like you're always working with these adventurous People, people that get out and enjoy life, and they don't—they're not stuck. They're not content just um, stuck, you know, being behind a computer, or watching TV or whatever. Like they want to get out and savor life, and so that really seems to be the type of clients you work with. Um, ver- versus like, if it makes sense of like where you sometimes you get there's people that maybe their lives are kind of boring, but they want photographs that make their lives. Look interesting even though maybe it isn't where you're just authentically shooting people that do have interesting lives
2: well I think what what's happening is like when we're sitting down with couples or we're emailing with them or whatever and we ask them well what do you do together i mean that that's a that's a tough daunting question for some couples to answer so you know when we ask that like what do you do together I mean not everybody has a gut reaction I mean a lot of couples have to go and think about it so that's a good thing in, in my opinion because then they start talking about, well, what do we do together? It's They go golfing or, you know, maybe they don't even know. I mean, it's a hard question to answer. So I think it actually – asking couples that, what it does is gives us, you know, uh, like it gives us a venue with the couple that means a ton to them because they put a lot of thought into it rather than couples go, well, I, I like this spot in, in this city so it starts a conversation basically mm.
0: that's, that's an interesting observation that you're making like that our the couples we shoot are more of the the living adventurous kind of type i haven't really thought about it that way but uh yeah i guess it boils down to the whole uh showing what you what you want to sell thing again just like that's the kind of that's the kind of weddings we put out there and that's the kind of people that we attract and that's the kind of people we book awesome yeah
1: love all that great thoughts guys um Yeah, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're crazy busy, uh, but I really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you at the gathering in Seattle in about uh, seven months. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks for your patience putting this together.
2: I mean, we would have done this a couple weeks ago, but uh, the flights sort of buggered things up a bit. So we're glad that the the schedule is aligned and we were able to do it today. Cole's waiting for,
0: uh, for Vancouver in a couple of days. So I was pretty lucky that we could do it now.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent job. Well, thanks, guys. You guys did wonderful.